0: Welcome to the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. I'm Wayne Washington, founder and CEO of Grow Company Profits. We help CEOs stop leaving money on the table while sustaining profitability to fund managed growth. The CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast is basically CEOs helping other CEOs with tips, tools and techniques to implement company projects or other work activities on time, on target and on budget. Let's spend the next 30 minutes together with my guest CEO and maybe learn some different tools to put into your CEO toolbox. Welcome, listeners, to the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. The CEO Secret for Executing Strategy podcast is a podcast by CEOs for CEOs seeking to sustain profitability to fund manage growth. I'm Wayne Washington founder and CEO of Grow Company Profits. All of my CEO guests successfully operate companies with annual revenues in excess of $3 million. Today, my guest is Brianna Gunn. She is the founder of Brianna Gunn Enterprises. Uh, Brianna's company, Brianna Gunn Enterprises, can be found at www www.briannagun.com now we talked a little bit before the show and brianna would like to be called Brie. so from here on out we will be speaking to Bree. Bree, welcome to the show
1: thank you for having me i'm thrilled to be here
0: well i'm so glad to have you and um uh we talked a little bit before the show we i I used to live in michigan and she used to live down here in indiana so uh we have some commonalities there but let's go let's get right to it Brie. You know, what I try to do is, is get people a sense of how you got started. So I call this your starter story. How did Brianna Gun Enterprises get started? Tell tell us about that, if you would.
1: By accident, as all good things do. (laughs) um, I, I actually have a pre-law degree and had taken the LSATs and was getting ready to go to law school. And I, my husband and I talked about having kids, but you know, we weren't quite ready, but we weren't going to do anything about it. If it, if, if it happened and Uh about a month after that conversation, it happened. (laughs) (laughs) And I realized that I didn't want to be a part-time mom, but I also didn't want to be a full-time stay-at-home mom. Okay. And so I was trying to find a balance of what kind of job could I do where I was still available for my kids. And my mom sent me uh, a, an issue. This is almost 15 years ago now, an issue of real simple magazine in the mail and said, you need to read this. And they had an article about a website that helped you find online jobs. Okay. And I was like, this is totally a scam. Because remember, 15 years ago, this wasn't a thing. Exactly. And I found and and, and I but I but I was def- not desperate. I was I was determined to, you know, make it work and and figure it out. And so I went on their website and I applied to a bunch of different things, but I really didn't understand at the time how to translate my real in-person skills into the online space. Okay. So I got a position checking email,
0: checking email, did you say?
1: Checking email. Okay. Okay. And pretty soon they found out that I was a pretty good writer and they were like, Oh, would you write for us? And I was like, well, I've never done that before, but sure. Yeah, okay, cool. And then they were like, you know, we want to launch this program. I had no idea what launch was. And would you help us? Sure. Uh, yeah, sure, you know. Okay, great. And I just kept saying yes. And then I started to learn that people talk about the skills that I possessed differently in the online world than they do in the, in the in-person world. Okay. And so I adjusted how I positioned myself. I updated my resume. I did all the things. And I, I still had an employee mentality. I wasn't charging what I should have charged. And I talked to, I, I met a, 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 another copywriter who had been who had been doing um, consulting work for large corporations. And she started talking about the amount of money that she was charging for her content. And I it blew my mind. Because I was over here charging 10 bucks an hour thinking I was doing well. Okay. And very quickly raised my prices with the next client and the next client and the next client and positioned myself as a premium service. And then I realized that if you write just the copy and don't have the strategy behind it, it doesn't go very far. So I started implementing strategy, but I wasn't charging for it. So I was still charging just for the copy, but giving them strategy and and very quickly it burnt me out and I was like, there has to be a better, better plan. And so I finally got to a point about three years in that I started charging What I felt I was worth. Okay, and I figured out how many clients I could handle. I I did that for until about three years ago when I decided that you know what, I'm making a decent multi six figures by myself. What happens if I get a team? What happens if I outsource some of this? What happens if I if I expand? And it's been an absolutely wild ride, Um, but it's it's been it's been good. And so I think that you know. I don't think, I think now the, the process of starting your business is far more intentional than it was, you know, 12, 15 years ago, Yes. but I think there's still a lot of accidents happening. Okay. Go into business for one thing, realize you're really talented at another thing. And now you have to figure out how to pivot from point A to point B. Okay. And, um, and so that's, I have a fascination with that. I don't coach people in that way, but, but I, for those of you who are listening, going, you know, this is really tugging at my, at my heartstrings is this, this, this thing that I'm, I'm loving. It's not my business, but wow. Could you make it part of your business? Could you encompass that? Could you, could you expand your, yourself and your, your positioning so that you're doing the thing that lights you up too? Okay. And I don't believe that your business has to be your passion.
0: So you, you don't believe it has there's to be. A lot of people
1: out, right. There's a lot of people out there like your business has to be your passion. I think that's, I think that's bad advice. Okay. Um, nobody that I know who's opened a business. I mean, a lot of people love what they do, but I, I don't know anyone who was like, when I was three years old, all I wanted to do was be a copywriter. Yeah. You wanted to be a princess or a firefighter or whatever. Right. It's okay. To be multi-passionate. And it's okay to figure it out as you grow and expand.
0: I love that. I, I, I love the way you say that. And I want to come back uh, back up a little bit and dive back into some of those so, those early years. Sure. Um, I mean, it, it, it sounds like you are the classic learned by the school of hard knocks. Oh, I mean, yeah. yeah. Every step of the way, you you analyze. You is this right? Is it, you look what other people are doing. You adapt it, you evolve, you adapt it, and you evolve. But I want to go back to that point three years ago, where you started decided to uh, to uh, charge for the strategy. I mean, you 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 got your pricing up for the copywriting, then you decided to charge for the strategy, and because you realize you're you're you spending so much time and not getting money for it. How was that transition? I mean, when you actually when you had when you made that first discussion with that client, and you're going to start charging. Oh, it was terrifying. Okay, tell me about it. It
1: was absolutely terrifying. I mean, think about it. If you've been over here charging $10 an hour and suddenly you're going to charge 50 to $100 an hour uh-huh. and you have no proof that people are willing to pay that amount to you. Right. You're just hoping and praying and crossing your fingers and your toes and you're kind of throwing up in your mouth a little as you tell them your price. And then the hardest part about that conversation is you've got to stop talking. Because the more you justify, the more they're like, well, maybe this isn't for me. Uh huh. And it was a really hard lesson because I would, I would be like, okay, it's, 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 you know, I charge $50 an hour and you get all this and you get a blah, 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 and I would word vomit on them. <laughs> and I learned. We've all
0: been there. I, I could tell you, we've all been there.
1: Right. And I learned very quickly that that is not a good way, <laughs> not a good way to start a relationship because they, they feel your hesitation. Mm-hmm. They feel your anxiety, mm-hmm. and and if you say the thing and then politely stop talking, you uh-huh. shut up. It allows them to process, and it allows them to do the math in their head and figure and, and these things that we don't think about. You have to when you're having a conversation with a potential client. Uh-huh you have to be very careful to give them space to breathe, and that's something that when you're just starting out is really and even if you've been in business for a long time it can be very difficult especially if it's somebody you really want to work with
0: Uh uh-huh when you you, you, i'm sorry but when when you started doing that mm
1: -hmm. how
0: many customers did you do you feel you scared away or lost In those early days, because you know you're still doing so many old habits, zero. You say you say zero. Wow! I
1: just just discounted myself until I felt they were comfortable. Okay. I was so scared about not having work that I, I ended up creating like my own worst nightmare situation.
0: Okay, what do you mean by that?
1: What I mean by that is, is I. Like if we're having a sales conversation and I'm like, it's $50 an hour. Um, but if that's out of your budget, I could give you a discount if you buy a block of hours of at least five hours. You know, you know we could actually just do two and a half. And actually I could do, I could do, I could do 20 an hour if that's more, com- and you just end up talking yourself into a hole.
0: Okay, I see what you to me now.
1: And so I didn't lose a client, I lost myself.
0: Uh, Gotcha. I
1: didn't trust myself enough to be able to make the choice or the decision to just stop talking. And I think that's the hardest thing for us as, um, as, as business owners is we are so used to people saying no, and it's such an uncomfortable thing. We're not used to, we're so scared of people Uh saying no, and it's such an uncomfortable place to be because- If your heart was set on that, or your mortgage was set on that in your head, that's the end of things, right? Uh And and then you start the question of maybe I shouldn't be doing this. Maybe, maybe, maybe this is not my calling, maybe. And you start to second guess yourself. And what ends up happening is you literally sabotage yourself from the inside out, because if you had just given them a chance to, let's say, breathe, maybe they would have said yes.
0: Well. I it sounds great like you made a decision to make that happen. But was there a point in the line? Was there where, where was a day you drew a line in the sand and say, no more of this discount breed. And the next day from that day forward, you went you you did it differently. Was there a line day you were a line in the sand?
1: Oh yeah. Um I had I had a huge, like huge project for a client. And I was only getting paid a nominal what I would consider a nominal fee at this point okay and I literally worked myself until I put myself in the hospital wow and I I ended up with double pneumonia and I I was like I'm 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 done full stop I am done I'm not doing this anymore and I understood it's very easy to say well this is their fault I understood that The choice I had made during the conversation, I got out of the hospital and I literally called them and said, I, we need to have a discussion about my rates and my hours. And I lost that client and that's okay. It wasn't a great relationship to begin with because they wanted to pay pennies for work that should have been far more expensive. I understand. And, and so because of that, I think that now when I'm, when I have the sales conversation, when we're talking about rates, I'm like, this is my rate and then I'm Take it or leave it. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Exactly.
1: And and do I offer do I offer discounts? Yes, I do, but they are for full payment. If you're going to if you're going to pay me in, in in parcel the payments out in over a period of months or weeks or how, or at the beginning and the end of a project, you're going to pay more. Because uh-huh. I have to wait longer to get the funds cuz I I I have been burned. I think every every service provider out there has had someone be like that's nice I'm not going to pay that invoice.
0: Right. I know. And
1: it's, it's a hard place to be. And so I, I started doing full payment upfront and then for some, like, especially with COVID that just wasn't doable for some people, you know, they needed right. to go find another client. So I started doing 50% deposit upfront um, and I make sure I watermark everything. I make sure that it's unusable until the payment is received. And okay. then I send copies. Um,
0: well, let me, let me, uh, let me ask you just move forward a little bit. Um, all right. You did that. You, 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 you got your feet on the ground and decided to uh, charge what you were and you st- stood firm about that. Mm-hmm. Then that started working. And it sounds like you, you, you had made another decision where you wanted to expand and you started to outsource, bring on people, hire staff. Help me understand what, what that growth decision and why you made that growth decision.
1: I wanted to hit the million dollar mark. Okay. And I knew that that was going to be physically impossible as a solo printer. Uh-huh. And so it was, it was literally how, cause I sat down and I did the math, which is something that we avoid usually. Right. We're like, Oh, I'll figure it out later. I sat down and I was like, okay, if I'm going to hit a million dollars, I have to do X, Y, Z. I need X number of clients. I need X number of contracts. I have to do this in this, this period. This is; these are the marks I have to hit every quarter. I literally reverse engineer what it would look like, and I realized very quickly that I was either going to work myself to death, or I was going to have to outsource pieces of what I do.
0: Okay, and so that that was that that made a big decision. And all right, when you start doing that, you start you start losing control of your product. You start losing control of the components of, of your of your product. How do you deal with that?
1: well part of part of what i what for me in my business what i ended up implementing was a review process because i i provide two services i provide copywriting services and consulting services consulting i that's everyone who consults it's just hours right there's no there's, there's it's some review some you know screen share some things but it's just hours yes copywriting yes. is multiple hours upon multiple hours of research, writing, revising, editing, all of the pieces to get that piece of content, but where it needs to be. And so I hired two junior copywriters to flesh out the content, not the sales content, because that's what I love to do. They okay. do the content, the newsletters, those pieces, but nothing gets to my clients until I see it. I read okay. it. I, I do my editing on it. And then when it comes back from the client, if it needs additional edits, I will loop them in and be like, here's what the client changed. But that for me has been a really, a really good mark, a really good system that works okay. well. I'm I'm actually looking in looking at hiring another editor at some point um, so that I can I can do a little bit less editing so that I'm just polishing. Mm-hmm. Um and to take on more consulting clients, because that's, that is a very, for me in my business, that's the easiest way to scale is to do more of the consulting and less of the writing. Cause the writing is finite, right? You only have a certain number of hours in the day and you only have a certain number of fingers, you can put on the keys.
0: Right. Um,
1: and so I, I think that if you're looking at scaling and if you're looking at growing, you know, the first thing you need to do is figure out what are you doing that you could not be doing? What are the tasks that are taking up an exorbitant amount of time that are getting nowhere that are costing you money? And then ask yourself, does this actually need to get done or am I using it as a squirrel moment or an excuse or a way to avoid other things? And if that's the case, drop that task. If it still needs to get done, hire someone smarter than you. Always hire smarter people than you. Mm -hmm. to do that task or execute those pieces of tasks that need to get done.
0: Okay. And, 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 you know, I I think that you, I want to parlay into uh, something else you started saying where you talked about scaling, you talked about growth, you talked about outsourcing and now you're talking about bringing on on an editor. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about your role now as a boss. You haven't, you're bringing people on board. They have different thoughts, different personalities, different issues, different problems. They don't see life the way you see it and you need to get them to see your vision. How do you do that?
1: Part of how, part of for me, um, I I learn from the people that I don't want to be like. Everyone so, has that boss that they wish would fall off a cliff.
0: Okay, Everyone's more. had
1: that experience or that client uh-huh. or like, it doesn't matter if you've never worked for somebody, like you have that person that you're like, if I could never work for that person again, I would be a happy camper, right? Right. So I take a look and I, I dissect What about that experience did I dislike? Was it the way they communicated? Was it their timeline? Was it their expectations? Was it that they never did this thing? And then I take a look. I'm like, okay, if I don't want to be this, what are the things I can do to make sure that I don't go down that path to make sure that I am better than, than, than what I experienced? I also have a very uh, almost a familial relationship with my employees. Um, you know, they like my one of my one of my and they're, they're contractors. That's the other thing is they they're their own boss. Uh-huh. And I am very clear that you work when you want to work as long as the work gets done. I don't care when you do it, just make your deadlines. And if they can't, like um, one of one of my contractors dad died really suddenly and she texted me at like 10 o'clock at night. She's like, my dad just died. And I was like, okay. And I, instead of being like, are you going to get your work done? I was like, take all the time you need. We've got this when you're ready to come back, just let me know. And it was a mad scramble to figure out how to do her tasks, but that's the way I would want to be treated. Okay. And and How's that that,
0: that working for you? I I heard what you said. Okay. So, I mean, you is nothing works perfectly when we started. Are you telling me? You dissect things. You figure out what do what to do and what not to do, and that always
1: works. You always have success with your contractors. Are you telling me that? I've had I've had to let a couple contractors go, not because we didn't gel and we didn't get to get along well, or and we didn't we, we have I use a lot of different tools for communication. Like we use Slack, we use Trello for tasks, um, we use Asana. We have we have a very it seems complex from the outside but when we we had a team meeting where we all came and said what we're doing is not working the the content the the, the execution is great how we're getting the tasks to the people is not working okay and we figured out we literally sat down and brainstormed as a collective and said what do we want to try to see if we can make this better beyond that when i've had contractors that haven't worked out it's been because I was having like, not everybody's going to be a perfect fit. I have been incredibly blessed and lucky that I've only ever had to let two contractors go, but I also don't have a team of thousands. I have a team of four,
0: and you made so, it work before. That's great,
1: I, and I've made it work. But you know, if you need more people, it, like I always expect turnover and change and churn, and so you know, I, I'm I I live kind of by the rule of. Don't create a vacuum. Meeting? Make sure you have backups. Okay. Make sure that you don't have one person who's overseeing your entire business. Make sure you okay. have more than one copywriter on hand.
0: Mm-hmm. Make mm-hmm. sure
1: that you have a backup in case your virtual assistant dad passes away. You know, make sure that you have, so, you know, I, I, I knew someone I was able to call and say, hey, can you step into my business for a couple of weeks? I have an emergency. And she was able to do that. And, but if she hadn't, we would have figured it out. So it's, it's one of those things that I think as we, as we develop our team, allowing the team to be part of the decision-making process and how you run the team Uh is, is critical because otherwise you're just someone on a soapbox with a microphone. Uh,
0: Right. Right. When you
1: bring them into the decision-making process, they start to feel valued and heard. And they're going to work harder for you because they appreciate you. I also send little gifts. And, you know, if I, if I, if I can sense someone, we're all, we're all in different time zones, but you know, if, if I haven't heard from, you know, Joanne in like three days, I'll send her a Starbucks gift card and be like, Hey, I, I'm sure everything's fine, but I was just thinking about you and go get yourself a coffee. Know that I appreciate you.
0: That is great, Bree. And it's great.
1: You I mean, know, I- it's important.
0: Let me ask you this. And this, this is where I try to ask all my guests. Mm-hmm. What makes you a good CEO?
1: I think the fact that I accept the fact that I don't know everything.
0: Okay. Tell me more about that.
1: I think when we get to a point where we feel like we have peaked, where we, you know, where we feel like we have, we have figured it all out, You should be terrified because I promise you, you didn't. (laughs) If you ever find yourself going, damn, this is easy. Something's falling through your cracks. Something's sliding. Someone's unhappy and about to quit. Always, always, always keep in communication with your people. Always, always, always keep in communication with your clients, even if it's just to check on them. Even if it's just to say, hey, I know you're super busy this week, I don't expect to hear back from you, but I just wanted to let you know that I appreciate you.
0: Wow. I appreciate it, that.
1: It's my dad. My dad was a very successful entrepreneur. I grew uh-huh. up thinking well, the grocery store owned the grocery store. Okay. Uh-huh. Like I was devastated when I learned that they didn't because I grew up in a family where my dad could come to my soccer games and do the stuff, right?
0: Uh-huh.
1: He treated his employees like family. That's they great. were invited to all of our family picnics. He did, I mean, I had I didn't have Bob and Jim. I had Uncle Bob and Uncle Jim and Aunt Susie and Aunt Jan. And it was very clear that I should as a child that they, they deserve my respect
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that I should treat them with the same respect that I would give my parents. And so I grew up with a really good role model of how to treat employees and how to treat staff.
0: And you carry it over,
1: and I and I pulled it over, and then I've had those bosses that I just wanted to eat off a cliff, <laughs> and and so every time I run into every time I run into a position like that or or a situation where I'm just like, if I could just not be here right now, that would be so great, you know, uh-huh. and 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 because I because I am able to, um, I'm trying to think of how to say it because I am able to. Have that perspective, okay, and and understand what it what it, what the potential is, what it potentially could be or could look like. I try very very hard to be that person that that I always wanted to be. Do I always succeed? Hell no.
0: No, well, no. I don't. Th- I don't think any of us always succeed in that situation. Let me let me ask you this, Bree. um The future. What what are you trying to grow? What does growth look like to you? What does growth mean to you? How do you go about it?
1: So for me, um, right now I absolutely want to grow. That's, um, that I'm, I'm working on, um, hopefully my biggest year yet, but I also am, and I'm, I'm also content with where things are right now.
0: Okay. You don't have to grow. In other words, you, you want to grow, but you don't have to grow.
1: Right. I, I am comfortable with where things are at the moment. Okay. Doesn't mean I don't want to earn more. Doesn't mm-hmm. mean I don't want more clients, but I'm, you're talking to me in season in my summer season when things slow down naturally. And so I'm, I'm okay with taking it easier, taking a vacation, slowing down. Half my staff is going to be on vacation the month of July. I'm going to be on vacation for 10 days, 11 days, um, end of June, beginning of July. Like, okay allowing that time and, and empowering your, your people, whether they're employees, whether they're contractors to take care of themselves means when they are at work, they're going to be more present at work. Okay. You know, like summer hours for me, I'm done at two o'clock today.
0: Well, you know, let's, let's, let's talk about, let's take who, who is Brie when you take your CEO, CEO hat off? Who are you?
1: I'm a mom. I'm a wife. I'm a, I'm a former Derby girl um I'm an avid reader I knit I am a horrible gardener I kill everything I touch except I have I have some peonies this year we're shocked literally the neighbors came over and they're like you have plants it's it's that like it's that (laughs) (laughs) because everything I try to plant just dies so I, I I try to when I'm not at work it's taken me and for those of you listening who can't put work down, I get you. Like to my core, I understand you. I was that person probably until about two years ago. And I was sitting on the couch with my husband. And I remember very clearly, I've known my husband since we were 15 years old. I'm okay. 40 years, I've am forty. known him for a long time. And he looked at me and he goes, I miss you. I was like, I'm right here. He's like, you're not here. You're somewhere else. You're working. And it broke my heart. Uh-huh. And so when I am at two o'clock, when I am done, I am done. I close my computer or I have a laptop, a desktop. So I shut it down and I walk away and I don't have any work apps on my phone. I make sure that my, my personal time is my personal time.
0: Perfect. Perfect. You, I mean, have that balance. you found that yeah.
1: balance. And it allows me to enjoy work. Like uh-huh. I never in a million years, if you had asked me, if I liked to work, I would have been like, I just need to win the lottery. Mm-hmm. I love coming to work.
0: That is great. Brie, how can people get a hold of you?
1: You can get a hold of me on social media at the Brianna Gun. You can also go to my website, briannagunn.com, um, or you can download my magazine that has all kinds of content tips in it at briannagunn.com forward slash magazine.
0: Wow. It has been a total pleasure talking to you, a former fellow Michigander, uh, as I used to <laughs> live there years ago. And I can say to you a former fellow Hoosier as you'd be down here years ago. Yes. Um, but I, I, I want to thank you for being on the show. And I want to thank you for sharing your knowledge and sharing your wisdom with us, brief. So this is Brianna Gunn, brief for short, and Wayne Washington. We would like to thank you, our audience today, for being a part of the CEO secret for executing strategy podcast. And I'm hoping you as our audience come back next week and hear another of my successful CEO guests. You know, less than 10% of business owners make over a million dollars in, in their business. And Brianna is one, and all my guests make over a million dollars in revenue. They're doing something right. So please come back and listen to their secrets of success. If you have any questions, want to leave a comment, leave a comment, leave a review. Let us know that you love what we're doing. And this is Bree and Wayne signing off until next time. Thank you, audience. Bye. Bye, y'all. Wayne Washington here. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast. If you are a successful CEO of a seven-figure project-based client delivery environment and would like to be a guest CEO on the CEO Secrets for Executing Strategy podcast, please visit www dot CEO secrets hyphen execution dot com and apply. If today you learn a tip or a technique to apply from my guest CEO, other CEOs would appreciate your sharing this episode on social media. To do that, just take a quick screenshot with your phone, then text it to another CEO or post that screenshot on social media. If you know of other CEOs who would be a great guest, text them and let them know about the CEO secrets for executing strategy podcasts. The CEO you are thinking about would appreciate you including a link to the scheduling website. That's www dot executioncom We are regularly putting out new episodes. To make sure you don't miss an episode, go ahead and subscribe today. Remember, your thumbs up rating or a five star review goes a long way to help promote the show and would mean an awful lot to me and my team. Do you want to know more about my company, Grow Company Profits? Go to our website at www.growcompanyprofits.com. You can also follow me, Wayne Washington, on LinkedIn. Thanks for listening and I'm looking forward to having you back for our next episode.